faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane! It's Superman-splaining, with me, David Yoder, and my uninformed friend, Dennis St. John. So what I am covering is the 1995 Superman vs. Aliens, which is a Dark Horse comic and DC Comics collaboration, which is something that happened like four times in the 90s with Superman. I guess they just lent him out to Dark Horse. I don't know kind of how that happened, but in the 90s, it seemed like things were a lot more open. Like, that's when we had the Amalgam comics, Marvel vs. DC. So it seemed like people were just a little looser with their corporate IP back then. They found a way, but what's going on here? You're talking about Superman comics. I thought I usually, I told you about Superman. That's comics. right, buddy. You don't Superman explain to me. I Superman explain to you. Oh, you got enough points. Okay, now I remember. Uh, yeah, I won the right to read a comic last time, so I'm taking that and going in a slightly different direction and reading Superman versus Aliens instead of reading like a normal Superman comic. Because you know what else I like besides Superman is I like uh, the Aliens series. The Alien series. Dark Horse had the license for Alien for a really long time. And they did a lot of fun stuff with them. And this is one of the weirder things they did. Is Sorry to interrupt, but uh, the, is the Dark Horse comics, is that like kind of where the thing for Alien and Predator, like getting matched up together is that where that started was in the comic book probably i imagine that happened first there i don't know the full history i mean they did they i think they might still have the license for alien i know recently james stokey however you say his last name did an alien series that i read called like alien dead orbit that was really good but they've i mean they've had him for a long time so they've done a lot yeah but I don't know where Aliens versus Predator originally showed up. I mean, yeah, Dark Horse was like the king of licensed comics with like Star Wars and yeah. all, the, all the titles they had. I feel like nowadays Buff- that, they had that belongs to IDW, right? Or Yeah, I, guess, I mean, there's like comics for everything now, too. Like there's like a Rick and Morty comic and like all that stuff. So this comic was written by your pal Dan Jurgens. Oh my gosh, he's still writing Superman comics. Like, if you go to the stores today, like, he's still, like, he just loves that Superman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the art is, uh, again, by your pal Dan Jurgens, um, with finishes, or I imagine inks, by Kevin Nolan. Um, so, they're pretty good. I will complain about them a little as it goes on. Okay. Any weird anatomy things like I seem to find sometimes? With the weir- Okay, things? the weirdest anatomy stuff is, I think, purely Kevin Nolan, which is, that dude is obsessed with drawing mouths and lips, and so all the characters have, like, insanely detailed lips and that space between your lip and your nose. Every character has that so well drawn, so sometimes for Superman... So there's full pouty lips on the... Uh... Yeah, it's like, it looks like Superman is, like, pouting his lips while he's thinking he's thinking about in this image he's thinking about when he goes to that alternate world and he has to kill zod and stuff which is a big motivation for him throughout this but like just look at how pouty his lips are and i'd say also another thing he does is he has this 
bad case of like fa- same facism. Well, I mean that's a lot of comic artists. Yeah, and he and it's also same ex- face expressionism. Like there are multiple times throughout this where, especially the women, like Lois and this other character, are saying things, and they should have like angry faces or like shocked faces or something, but they all have the same kind of like vaguely angry but mostly neutral pouting face, no matter what event is happening. And it takes a lot of the personality out of Lois Lane, which is, like, a little frustrating. Flipping through, though, this looks like a pretty fun story. Yeah, with, uh, it is. Combining these It totally two, is, uh, yeah. Uh, like, in- incongruous things. Like, I just, I wouldn't think of it working well. Yeah, that was one of the things I was going to say is, like, um, Superman and Aliens are two very different franchises that tonally don't have a lot in common. So you have to go to, like, really great lengths to make it work. And I think this comic, the thing it succeeds at the best is it feels like a genuine mashup of the two brands. Like, it doesn't feel like Superman-type storytelling totally takes over, and it doesn't feel like... At times, it feels like a Superman comic, so it doesn't totally feel like Superman is just dropped into this horror thing totally, you know? Xenomorph, that's what I couldn't think of. Uh, I was going to ask if the Xenomorph had full pouty lips. So, <laughs> like uh, not that I could see. Um, okay. Uh, so the basic story starts with... So it's 95, um, and Lex Luthor is out from LexCorp, and I don't know why, because that's not explored, and I guess we'll find that out when we get to 95. Oh my gosh, 95. That's... <laughs> it's, oh, it's full mullet Superman the whole time. Oh, yeah. But Lois and Clark are invited by LexCorp to something to do with their space program, and they don't know what it is. But there's a good moment that I really like where Lois and Clark are just like, I don't trust that LexCorp has a space program that might exceed NASA's. And I was like, that's relevant today. Like, being suspicious that this, like, private corporation has, like, a space program. yeah. That's like... Yeah, that is... (laughs) So wait, Clark and Lois both go on the story. Yeah, they they yeah they go in this helicopter and they meet the head of um, LexCorp's space program, who's Doctor Cheryl Kimball, who I will basically I will be mixing up her and Paul Reiser's character from Aliens, who's Car- like Carter Buckley or Burke Carter Burke. Sorry, like she's ba- basically think of her as the female Paul Reiser from Aliens because that's the role she has. Okay, you can just call her female Pauline Reiser, that's fine with <laughs> I'll me. I'll call her Pauline Reiser. But, so they um, take a helicopter because NASA's sat- or LexCorp satellites uh, have detected that there's some sort of alien spacecraft that's about to plant down. Uh, just real quick, I'm sure you'll get to it maybe, but like, if Clark is going on a story into space with Lois... Like, how do you explain, like, Clark disappearing and Superman? They're not going into space. They're just... The space program caught a satellite that's about to crash. Oh. So they're going to go into the deep ocean to find it when it crashes. Clark immediately hears the, like, um, broadcast of the crashing thing that turns out to be, like, a distress buoy and recognizes that it's Kryptonian. So he causes their... The helicopter to crash, basically, (laughs) so that he can get away. Um, So they crash on, like, a on like a shoreline and Clark runs off and um, then he captures, you know, as Superman, he grabs the satellite and is able to telepathically read it before it melts down that it's a distress buoy speaking Kryptonian. And it tells a story about like this planet that Superman thinks is probably Krypton that knowing that the planet is going to explode, 
sends off, instead of sending off a rocket, is able to send off an entire city, a dome city into space that blasts off with, with the planet's expulsion. So now there's this like glass city or the city dome city floating in space that is sending out distress buoys. Like full-size city, not a Candor bottle city? No, it's a full-size city, yeah. Just floating, you know, it's got like a chunk of, chunk of land. Does this sound familiar as part of like Superman mythos? Uh, is this the Supergirl thing? Yeah, it's pretty or? similar. It's pretty similar. I don't know what's going on. So, of course, like, uh, you know, Pauline Reiser is like really upset with Superman about this because it's like, this was our technology and you took it. But he makes a deal with them because he now knows that there's this city that might be Kryptonian that is trapped in space. So he makes a deal with them to go first, just Superman and Lois. Clark is at, Clark Kent is out of this deal to the saddle to the LexCorp space satellite where they launch a spaceship with Superman with only Superman into this new um, dome city. And the deal is like Superman will send back any technology he finds that LexCorp can have, right? So that's his trade, but he can't. He doesn't tell them that the city is probably Kryptonian. He's keeping that close to his vest. And Lois is like mm. very suspicious, but she goes along for the ride. But is also really upset she can't go on the spaceship, right? So the rest of the story takes place. So you know, Superman rocks rockets off. So now the rest of the story takes place in two different locations. So it's on the satellite, which is like this giant space satellite with Lois oh, okay. and the evil Lois and all the evil LexCorp employees including Pauline Reiser and her crazy evil plans and then Superman off on this like dome city right and so he he gets there this is pretty convoluted so <laughs> far and we haven't even like oh don't and I'm not like, even going to there's bullet, so much both plot blah 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 that I didn't even write down like it doesn't matter why things happen you know um <laughs> right uh, so Superman gets to this dome city and finds it's like totally deserted and like obviously some giant battles have have happened. He immediately finds like four survivors who are unconscious but alive, and his immediate thought is he doesn't he can't tell if they're Kryptonian or not because this asteroid city is also so far from uh, a sun that Superman is gradually losing power. So his he still has his strength now, but he's like I'm. I'm a solar battery and the battery is starting to drain, right? Which is part of the setup of why an alien aliens would be threat threatening to him, right? Okay. So he finds these survivors, immediately puts them on his own spaceship and sends his own spaceship back to the satellite. So, <laughs> so that he has no, now has no way to get back home, but he's like sur- saved these people on this, on his way there. I forgot to mention, he has this whole thought process about, he thinks back to the last Kryptonians he met, which was Zod and Zod's people and how he had to kill them. Yeah, the ones he had to kill. Yeah. And so he makes, he like reiterates his thing about how he will never take a life again. Like, which is. So if they're evil Kryptonians, they just get to run amok. And, like, and you know, if he runs into like, say, alien xenomorphs, he's not going to kill them because he's not going to kill anybody. Oh, he respects. But like. Okay. <laughs> I guess it's like he. I like Superman's definitely like a meat eater. Like, I mean, I don't think he like, like, you know, like respects like all life above. I don't know. Is he a meat eater? Everything. I mean, he's, he's got those big muscles. How does he get that big <laughs> that protein? Uh, obviously that's from sun juice. Oh yeah. Just drinking up the sun rays. So yeah, now these four survivors are rocketing their way to the satellite. I'm just, 
I'm imagining the like hippie vegan Superman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like we as an audience know that they are unconscious because they probably have have been attacked by facehuggers. So the satellite oh, yeah. is totally effed when you know they get there. And Lois is on that satellite and everything. Uh, Superman to go, Superman. immediately starts to encounter the aliens, the xenomorphs, at different stages. Like, first he sees the facehugger. He starts to get to the dome city. He decides to barrel through the rock to get to it instead of pop through the glass because he thinks it's probably fragile, which is a smart decision. Uh, but then he immediately finds the eggs, and he's like, oh, these eggs. And then he's attacked by, like, his first full-grown alien. And it's actually one of my favorite moments because the alien is totally unprepared for him because it immediately yeah. goes for his head and then it like it can't get through his skull right because he's still pretty super powered at this point. So he's just like ah, it's just like a, <laughs> a mild annoyance to him. It looks yeah, like. but it's a great page turn because the first page is like um you know just the alien's mouth coming at you and then the second page is just him being like ah. <laughs> Uh, so it's definitely one of my favorite images. Um, Superman cannot figure this creature out at all. And immediately, like, he can obviously defeat it, but he's like, I can't super punch it because I don't want to kill it. But he punches it hard enough that it bleeds on him and then it burns his eyes. So he's blind. And that's when he's saved by this girl who shows up, who looks a lot like Kara Zor-El cosplaying as Ripley. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's confusing. So this... She's got a big gun. Yeah, it's a flamethrower, because, you know, flamethrowers okay. versus aliens, right? It's a classic. This is one of those ways where it's, like, it's very mixy, where it's, like, look at... Like, this image to me is, like, a good, like... This is somewhere half halfway between Alien and Superman, for sure. So she, you know, saves Superman, kind of gives you the setup of, like, you know, we were a doomed city. We'd been floating in space for years, my entire life. Uh, running slowly out of supplies when an alien freighter crashed on a, on our planet and it had like an alien queen on it right and so now we've just been beeped for all this time so also kara this kara character is speaking okay i was like is it actually Kara? yeah she says her name is kara because he goes oh my name is my name is cal and there she's speaking um kryptonian and uh then she starts to make fun of his accent. He's like, well, I don't get to speak the language a lot. I'm from a planet called Earth. And she's like, oh, that explains your terrible accent. I, I mostly learned from reading and holograms. Yeah. About it. Uh, so Superman gets really excited. He doesn't tell her that he thinks that they're probably related, but he starts to immediately think of her as family. So then, like, uh, back to the satellite, you know, uh, guess what happens? Uh, they land. Some aliens are already have already hatched and run off without anybody see them. There's some survivors who immediately chest burst. I pulled up this image of a chest burster on the satellite uh, because I think it's interesting. They drew it as more of a Nolan and Dan Jurgens drew it more as like a snake, which I always mm-hmm. um, in the first alien movie when it bursts out, it definitely has arms and legs. So. I don't know if this is like supposed to be a variation because these are different. The thing about a xenomorph is it's a morph because it adapts to the host body. So I don't know if they're saying these aliens are so slightly different than humans that maybe it's like that or maybe, you know, they just drew it differently. I don't get an answer. I just thought it was interesting. But yeah. I guess when they pop out of Kryptonians, they don't have uh, (laughs) arms and legs. They have super shields. I don't know. (laughs) 
Yeah. So, you know, the aliens run amok. They start killing everybody. Lois starts surviving. But basically, she starts being the Ellen Ripley on on the satellite while... The Lex Corp woman definitely becomes Paul, the Paul Reiser character, because at, di- at a different point, she like even locks her in a room. Like Lois, like tries to get out, and you're like, "Why aren't you letting him out?" And she's like, "Well, if this thing kills you, maybe I c- I'll still get like information from it, you know." Um, oh wow! <laughs> and she, uh, Lois, does successfully do like the classic alien thing, which she's trapped in the hangar deck with an alien, and she launches it out out of the airlock, which is like. You know, how you defeat aliens, right? That's like... Oh, so this next image I pulled up because this is one of those moments where they, like, know that they're about to die and stuff. Like, they, um, at this point, they know the ship... They know the satellite is, like, you know, off off target or whatever is going to crash. And they're arguing. And instead of, like, having, like, emotionally argumentative, st- like, like they're not standing it in like a way that like they're just like dramatic superhero talk yeah it's so frustrating um well but that's probably that's i would say up to dan jurgens more than the kevin nolan probably although it looks like he's adding a lot with his artwork like it doesn't look like typical dan jurgens stuff yeah um i wanted to say lois has a much better haircut than superman has (laughs) yeah it's interesting because you know I, i haven't read a lot of 95 superman but Lois Lane has that same haircut in um, Superman v- meets Madman, which is also in this collection. So it's definitely right. the haircut at the time. Um, Maybe that's the haircut she has when she's in Dark Horse Comics. That's just how <laughs> Lois Lane looks. It's, it's kind of interesting to see her with kind of like a contemporary haircut. So yeah, back on the uh, back on the planet, the asteroid planet or whatever. Kara and uh, Superman are teaming up. Um, he's flying her around, which is wowing Kara, but he's like, oh, this is a lot harder. I can't let on how hard this is. <laughs> um, there's a point. Okay. <laughs> this is still like pretty much near the beginning of the story. There's a point where he's flown her around for a while and he says, I feel so exhausted. I'm almost a normal human. He's that can fly. He's definitely not. Cause he <laughs> continues to, he continues to lose power throughout this. And at this point he could still fly. He could still x-ray and like heat things. So his view of well, like what a suit, what, um, <laughs> what humans can do. Yeah. He's not, he's not too considerate of what, um, what a human endures, but they, they go and fly to like, uh, the last of the survivors of the city who are up against like hundreds of aliens Superman, it's a, ma- a a really enjoyable moment. He picks up a gun, and then he's immediately like, no, and he throws it. And then he goes <sighs> into like a fist fight with the aliens. And there's these dramatic like three or four fi- pages where he's like really wailing on this alien. But he's like, I got to, you know, not kill it. And then he like stands triumphantly and he's like, I did it. See, this is how you do it. This is how you fight and you don't kill. And Kara's like, well, that's great. You defeated one. We have hundreds. And they're like right on us. Um I just thought that was a really funny moment from Kara being like the realistic one of like, yeah, that's great. Uh, I'm so glad you defeated one. He's got a big hero page there though, of like lifting one up over. Yeah. Yeah. You can see he keeps losing more and more of his outfit. <laughs> so eventually like, you know, the stuff happens, but basically like all of the survivors die except for Kara and this other guy who then immediately dies. But by now, Superman is down to just his super jumps. So he, like, super jumps them away. And they have a plan for, like, how... You know, now their plan is, like, to 
there's a there's a old wreckage of the freighter that crashed in that has a escape pod so that's what they'll go to right and things you know i mean the basic plot is like things keep getting worse and worse more and more like the aliens are really affecting the satellite superman eventually gets like uh okay what happens is the dome gets pierced finally by the aliens which causes this massive explosion that blows up like the city Okay. David Yoder starts to fall asleep. Um. No, I'm listening. I'm just enjoying you trying to make like coherent sense out of these rambling stories, like that. You know. Yeah. You know what? You know. You know what it's like. Yeah. And I'm like not going into the detail. You know, because one of the things I really get frustrated with is like every single page is that isn't like a dramatic hero page is like just so loaded with dialogue, and that dialogue means so little. You know, like you read a whole page just filled with like hundreds of words. And you're like, I got very little out of that. Like some character exposition, but mostly like plot contrivance stuff. That's like fairly meaningless. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so Superman eventually he gets swarmed by the aliens and he's weak enough now that they like take him over and he gets knocked unconscious. He wakes up and he's in the, like he's all webbed up in the alien uh, queens like uh egg sacks right there's a weird moment that i cannot explain where so a face hugger gets on him and he like describes like something moving down his throat then the weird moment i cannot explain at all is he tears it off and then there's a dramatic page of him running about to fight the alien queen and then it goes to like more of the satellite stuff where lois is like oh i'm still being trapped or whatever and then it cuts back and superman's still webbed up and he like hasn't escaped and I can't, and he's just like, oh, I must have passed out. So I'm like, I don't know if he fought the alien queen and lost, which would have been dramatic, or if he was hallucinating that, right? <laughs> but basically, he's still webbed up, and he just, he doesn't have the strength to get away. And that's when Kara zaps in, because apparently they have teleporters now. And so she teleports in with a flamethrower, saves Clark. That's when she figures out that he's got an alien chest, he's got an alien baby in his chest. Uh, so now there's this other, there's this other countdown. Not just his like super, his superpower is still running out, which he still seems to have some of. But now you know he has to get this alien out of his but chest. They're, they're like in orbit around Earth, right? They're not like super far. No, like, he bl- no he. Sorry, he's on this spaceship. He took the spaceship way far away, which oh. doesn't it do, the amount of how far they are from Earth doesn't really make sense to me because like. How fast is this LexCorp ship that they were able to get there, right? Right. I'm just... Uh, him jumping into space with the chest burster, like, starting to punch its way out or whatever, like... Oh, yeah. That hasn't like happened Earth, yet. Earth... Okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh... So, you know, there's a lot of plot stuff, but basically, they get to the ship, they get to the escape ship, but it's like, they can't get in into it yet, so they need to split up. That's when they tell it. That's when Kara and Superman tell each other that they love each other, and uh, but as family, and that's when uh, they finally explain. Superman's like, "I'm Kryptonian, like you," and Kara's like, "Oh, I'm not Kryptonian." And even though the city is called Argo City, and she's Kara, she says that before their planet blew up, they were visited by like basically a Kryptonian like uh, missionary who explained like Kryptonian culture to them and converted them all to Kryptonian. Uh- <laughs> So that was the weird okay. misdirection that this whole thing yeah, is. That's a, is this, a, a red herring. That, like, yeah, yeah, okay. 
But basically, you know, Kara seemingly sacrifices herself using the teleporter in this weird, doesn't make sense, doesn't matter way, where Argo City blows up and Superman gets rocketed back to the satellite on his little, like, escape hatch. And then, that's the thing, this, this like, Argo City is supposed to be pretty far away. He's immediately there, back on Earth. Like, oh. he bursts out, he's like, just in time. The alien is bursting out of his chest, but he's in the sun's rays. This is the thing that I get a little frustrated with. It's dramatic and everything, but it's like, it bursts through his chest, but we don't get to see it because he's wearing a spacesuit. And I guess, even though we've seen a lot of chest bursters, it's like, it's too gruesome to show a Superman getting a chest burster, right? The next page... In a dark horse comic, though? Like, yeah. <laughs> the next page, he, like, reabsorbs it? Because he's Superman again. He just absorbs it back into his body and throws up some, like, alien sauce. And I feel like this is the biggest missed opportunity because these things are xenomorphs, right? So they take the they take some aspects of the of the thing that they are being hatched in. Yeah. So an actual alien Kryptonian hybrid would have been like a whole new level, right? Like a, a alien with as strong as Superman would have been, you know. But I get this is near the end of the comic, right? <laughs> Was this just one single issue, or is this? Uh, like... No, I think it's. I think it was a four-parter, maybe. Oh, okay. I was like, "There's a lot going on." Yeah, and here. I'm skimming yeah. through a lot. Obviously, I'm not trying yeah. to give you this like. And then there's a page where they walk and they say, <laughs> um, "Okay, that's a good imitation of me, I guess." When I'm <laughs> describing Superman comics, you got to know was... about Jimmy Olsen's plight. Yeah, that was mean of me, man. Uh, I didn't mean to do that. Uh... <laughs> Uh, but Superman's immediately back to himself, right? So the satellite's about to crash, and he lifts it back into orbit. He saves Lois. He goes into the satellite, and he saves everybody. And he's like, <laughs> this is one of those weird, like, people come to different decisions for different reasons things. Like, Superman is about to kill the aliens because he's so upset that, like, they killed Kara, who's his family and stuff. Then he's like, no, I still can't do it. I'm still Superman. I can't kill. So he just like knocks him out. And that's when, what's her name? Cher- Cheryl Kimball, uh, Pauline Reiser, like kills the aliens. Cause she's come to the opposite decision after this. Like I, they're not worth saving for, you know, all of the scientific information. I'll just murder them because they've killed like my whole crew. <laughs> I just think that's a good, like coming to opposite decisions for the same kind of reason. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Superman's so dark and angry at this point because of everything that's happened. Lois is like, Superman, I've never seen you like this before. What happened out there? Death. Bloody heinous death. And uh, that's, I think, the last panel or the, yeah, the last panel I pulled out. And you can look at it just for the weird anatomy of Superman's face there. Yeah, he's got a long face. He's got a long face. Um, But that's basically it. Think about all that death. They then, like, take some time to reflect on it you know, on the events, but that's, that's the wrap up. (laughs) So, I mean, I think this comic is pretty good. I'd never read it, but I remember when it came out being excited for it because I thought I was more into aliens at that time than Superman. But, um, I'd say the art really varies. Like, uh, this was a splash page and I feel like maybe Dan Jurgens and Kevin Nolan were like tracing somebody else's art. Cause suddenly the Xenomorphs look totally different and they look like, oh, yeah. they look very cartoony in this moment and they're like proportions don't even match. I don't know, but it's, I mean, I don't like to necessarily insult like other cartoonists cause 
they did this whole big book. So obviously, I just think this page, which was a dramatic, like splash page, they, like, they can't all be winners, like rushed or something. Yeah, I think they might be swiping from somebody else. This almost looks like somebody else's art. Maybe style. it was meant to be a little goofy or something because they're surrounded by all those. Yeah, Xenomorphs. I don't know. Um, did you ever read the Batman versus or and the Alien? Uh, Batman versus Batman Predator. Predator. Yeah. Predator. I don't think I ever read that either. Maybe I I wouldn't read it for this podcast, but maybe I should for my own enjoyment. I, from what I remember, it sounds like it treads some of the similar ground of like Batman not using a gun and not <laughs> wanting to take a life, even though like dealing with this creature. But like the people around him, it's like he can't really stop them from using guns and taking a life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the very last page is like. Superman's telling Lois about uh, Kara and how oh she's the closest to family I'll ever have. And then it's a shot of her. She apparently got on her own escape pod and survived. But it's also a weird like thing that I kept talking about of like the drawing makes it look like Kara. Like Superman is talking about how he loved her and then Kara looks angry. So it looks like she survived, but she's going to come back and take revenge on Clark for some reason. But I think it's just the thing of like, Every woman has to have the same pouty, angry face. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I'd also like. She's mad. Uh, so this is. I don't. Know, I just. I think it's a funny thing of like the classic, like the Silver Age Supergirl doesn't exist because this is post crisis. So they keep bringing back variations of her, right? So we have like the Matrix Supergirl and this other Kara who's almost a Kryptonian but isn't, and then like. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's just going to be like, how many times is Superman going to meet different versions of Kara? And then be like, when he meets the real Kara, maybe be like, you know what? I feel like I've met you before. Yeah. We've done this already. Uh, and uh, I looked it up and this version of Kara, they set her up to come back. She obviously never does. Cause this is like a creation of, this is like a weird, would be a weird licensing thing. Right. Of like yeah. who owns this character, but yeah, that's what I got. Well, that was fun. Uh, I'm curious to see what you pick next time when you get 50 more points. Yeah. Um, I don't really have much to add. I I was going to try to find a one-off Superman-related comic, but then I couldn't find it. <laughs> so uh, I'd say this comic is probably more fun for Superman fans than for Alien fans. Uh, it's definitely more Superman focused in terms of the storytelling because it's Dan Jurgens. But if you if you have any combo of, of both interests, I think you'll enjoy it. But like, um, you know, as an Alien fan, it did some of the stuff I went from Alien, right? Like it did the airlock stuff. It didn't have the kill me moment that an Alien story should have. It also frustrated me that like we didn't get that like cool Kryptonian alien hybrid. But uh, yeah, that's a real like why bother to like get him infected if you're not going to go anywhere yeah. with it? Like He's just immediately okay. And we don't even get to see the gruesomeness of that, you know, of what it's like to like, like it would have been great if like the Xenomorph came out, it was some strange looking new thing and it's super powered and he heals fine. Superman does, but then the, the, this new Xenomorph just like flies off into space. Ooh, yeah. You don't like, you know, cause like it's got, crazy powers. yeah and now it's a new danger they may or may not right, ever see yeah. again yeah 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 and you could do that in the same amount of pages you know instead of having them puke up 
alien guts or whatever in orbit around space. All right. Well, I'll be, uh, uh, well, as we're wrapping up here, I can say I'll be tweeting more about Superman than about Alien, I think, on uh, Twitter. You can find those under Awesome Yoder. And Dennis, where will you be uh, talking about horror monsters <laughs> maybe fighting Superman or not? Yeah, uh, I'll be at Dennis Comics. That's uh, D-E-N-I-S-C-O-M-I-X. That's my Twitter, Instagram, and my dot com. My Patreon is Dennis St. John. Uh, and I'm making monster comics and stuff. And uh, you can find us both occasionally, but me all the time, at Buffy Virgin, if you want to listen to a different podcast. Mm-hmm. Where they talk about xenomorphs just a little bit more than we do. <laughs> oh, you guys talk You talk about Star Trek a lot. That's what you talk about. There. Yeah. And this had a Star Trek moment. It had the transporter. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you all next time, you bunch of Lex losers.